Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Offside Rule podcast. I'm Kate Borsay. We're back. Woohoo, ladies. Hayley McQueen, Lindsay Hooper, I feel like we've been rejuvenated. We've been brought back from the depths of football history. We're here. What are you going to say dead there? Brought back from the depths. <laughs> we weren't quite dead. <laughs> I nearly went dead, to be honest. And I thought, what can I add in instead? Depths. There we go. It's so brilliant to be back. We're so excited. Every Friday morning until the end of the season, you're going to be hearing us three back in your ears welcoming you to our little world of football, talking about what's been going on in the world of football this week and beyond as well. Lindsay Hooper, you must be so proud. Oh, yes. Well, we all are, aren't we? This is brilliant to be back once a week. I get to see your faces every seven days once again. (laughs) Uh, What have you been up to this week then, ladies? I got into an argument on Twitter over crisps. Did anyone see (laughs) the programme? On television, I was so angry. Now, I didn't go through the whole hour's worth of viewing various people, talking heads, chatting about their favourite crisps. I just waited until they decided on the winners at the end. And then I wanted to go back because I was so miffed as to how they came up with Pringles as being <laughs> as the, the number one. Yeah, they didn't even include discos. There were no, you know, frazzles. Yes, yeah. I love frazzles. Yes. I love the salt and vinegar squares. Yes. You know, the ones where you add in the salt. They, they were ones. up there. They're old school, which is great. But I just thought discos deserved a bit of a mention There were kettle well. chips in there. They were tier two. So it, it came in tiers. It was a, a pyramid of, of crisps. And, it um, came in tiers, what, like the Football League? Top three and then the next sort of four or five and then sort of the sensations and your extras down the bottom, oh, your posh crisps, you I know. I feel like they've really sold out by choosing I Pringles know. though, right? But oh, I was, yeah, no one eats Pringles anymore, do they? I, I do, but I they wouldn't do, be the yeah. first thing you go for. No. They're not like the best crisps in the world, no. duh. So I replied <laughs> to uh, Channel 5, who put the programme out <laughs> saying, no frazzles and no discos and mini cheddars who were on the tier, okay, aren't even flipping crisps either. Oh, wow. They're not. They're, not. they're a, they're a <laughs> sort of good. a savoury baked good, yes, yeah. Yes, And, uh, well, 1,800 retweets <gasps> and likes and replies. You went viral with that, I did. You? Even Fraser Campbell and Fabian Brandy, former former United president Jordan Much got involved with me as well. I had a few ballers just getting so involved. So hang on, you're telling us that you ignited the whole football community with your love of discos and frazzles. Quite, yeah. Brilliant. Lindsay, what have you been up to this week? Well, it's it's been a quieter week because it's obviously international. Mm. So at work, I, I'm in, at the Premier League a couple of days and we were scrabbling around for stories. It's one of those. And then today, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer announcement happens. So it would have been a better day to be in work today. But instead, you get to enjoy our company. Yes. All right, well, with that news that Solskjaer's been named permanent manager of Manchester United, quick word from you, Hayley McQueen, lifelong, well-known Manchester United fan. How's that news gone down with you? I am so happy. It's the best day ever. You guys (laughs) broke the news to me when I wandered in here. I pretty much knew that a deal had been done behind the scenes, but we were just waiting to see if it had been confirmed. So it's worth around about £7 million a year. That's a bargain, in my opinion. Jose Mourinho was on £18 So less than half. And look at what he's done already. What, 14 wins in his 19 games, I think, in charge. So he's incredible. He's a motivator. He's a good guy. He's personable. He loves the press. The press love him at the moment. Everybody loves him. And the most important thing is Ed Woodward loves him. Not everyone. Louis van Gaal says he parks the bus. 
Yes, I heard that. Did you, did you see well, that interview? He wasn't very complimentary at all. Stroke bitter. Well, yes, what did really Louis do sure. at United and what has Ole done? <laughs> the results speak for themselves, mm. don't they? OK, well, don't forget, if you are wanting to subscribe to us, please do head to your favourite podcasting app. We're available to listen to via Apple Podcasts and Audio Boom as well. You can tweet us at Offside Rule Pod. Don't forget to get involved, by the way. You can drop us a tweet and tell us what you'd like us to cover here on the Offside Rule. You can also head to our website as well, Offside Rule Podcast. Let's tell you what's coming up on the show. We're going to be talking crowding the market, the success of the women's game at the moment and the fact that it's elevating beyond all imagination for me. I have to say it's been very, very quick. So we're going to talk about the growth of the women's game and where it might go from here. We're also talking house envy. Have you seen the new Spurs stadium? Are you a bit envious as well? Because I'm slightly jealous about that. When We're going to be talking about your favourite feature, ladies. And actually, would it do them any favour? in their form. We are, however, going to start off with Ingerland of Hope and Glory. I hope that everyone's appreciating my story titles because I worked long and hard on these yesterday morning. Two great wins for England in their Euro 2020 qualifiers versus a Scottish side in tatters. Let's talk England, first of all. Lindsay. Well, I have to say, just from the off, on a personal, selfish point of view, I'm on top of the world. Because, Hayley, you may remember that you got me some exquisite tickets once upon a time to Wembley. (laughs) Oh, yeah. To the Champions League final, Mm. 2013. I took my friend, Simona, who you both know, who is a huge Bayern Munich and Germany fan. Now, at that point, 2013, she was riding high. Germany were like brilliant national team, had won the World Cup. And she had a team that was also winning the Champions League final. And I sat there next to her as she was watching, thinking... I'm so jealous. I am never, ever going to feel like this about England. We'd come back from How Brazil. How many times, Lindsay, have oh. we been and covered tournaments abroad and just had to come home early out of shame as well as the fact that our contract had ended along with England's yes. because well, they'd I been started to out. look for deals that weren't just to follow England, <laughs> otherwise you come home. Because <laughs> that was what was happening to us so often. <laughs> At least you get there. To come home early. Well, yeah, Yeah. we did get a couple of games before we knew (laughs) that the doom was coming. I just remember this overwhelming feeling of being stood next to her as her team were lifting the Champions League trophy as well, thinking, you've seen this in your lifetime. I will never, ever see anything near this in my Mm. lifetime. Didn't you nearly see Bradley... Was it Bradley Cooper? I know, that would have been a great distraction. He would have been in the seat next to me, apart from he didn't turn up. Although I could eyeball Will Smith, so that helped. Fair enough. An all-German Champions League final. But what I wanted to say is now I'm on top of the world because England are the best that I've ever seen them. I'm loving Gareth Southgate as a manager. I just think that he is just a breath of fresh air. And the team that we've got at the moment, the sort of football they're playing, it gives me hope. We had a brilliant World Cup in Russia that we could really enjoy and get behind them. And that looks like it's going to continue and move on. Well, since the start of 2012, England and the England under-21 side are unbeaten in 66 matches. How times have changed. Hayley, what are the Scots saying about what's going on? Oh, my goodness. Well, you guys sit there chatting about these England players who are desperately loving playing for their country and so passionate about it. And everybody is desperate to play for it. In contrast, north of the border, there are problems galore. It's probably been the worst time in a very long time for a Scotland fan. Uh, we've been in the doldrums for, for what seems like decades now. And finally, with... Scotland doing really well in the Nations League and and having another little bit of a chance there thinking, well, maybe we won't even need to do that. It's given us that kind of optimism that maybe we could just qualify without using that. Now it looks like 
Scotland are going to have to heavily rely on that. Yeah. And the manager, who knows who that's going to be? As we record this, it looks like Big Ek is going to be... Hi, Big Al. Big Al. Yep, Big Al, yes. Gone. I was presenting the game and it was just... I was presenting with Gordon Strachan, who's excellent. They probably shouldn't have got rid of Gordon Strachan. I think that was very harsh. And uh, Craig Gordon as well, who's not in the side at the moment. Of course, Scott Bain's in. Is this the game against Kazakhstan? This was Kazakhstan. Or Kazakhstan. Okay. So this was Kazakhstan thinking, right, kicking off the campaign. We were full of positivity. And it was so hard presenting the game post-match because normally you look for a few positives even yes. in a defeat. There just the, the, there really weren't any. No. And you were having to sit there with a former manager being very careful not to criticise too much the current manager, who we knew was having a few health issues, but obviously didn't want to discuss his personal issues there. And it looks like it's made him ill. Yes. And you can, I mean, the fans are sick enough yes. as it is. So you can imagine what the manager's going through. And the fact that players aren't wanting to play for their country. I mean, my dad obviously played for Scotland and he was an extremely passionate Scotsman. And at that time, you would die to play for your country. I'm not saying those that called off or pulled out of the side didn't want to play. But I think also if it looks to you as a fan like they don't want to be on mm. that pitch or look, or like they're perhaps not mm. committing 100% as you'd want them to, of course you're going to have to call them out for it. Mm. And some of them potentially not quite fit enough. Okay. But back in the 70s and 80s, you'd have damn well made sure you were fit mm. enough. You have to look at it on the other side as well. I've got my dad who has bad ankles and bad knees and a hip replacement. And you think, well, maybe you do have to be a little bit careful and they're only looking out for themselves. It's just a shame that their country doesn't come come first anymore. Well, things can change so quickly and hopefully, I don't know how this will go down, but the England model can hopefully give a little bit of reassurance because you look back on England teams gone by yes. and I wouldn't say that they were, there was refusement to play, but I think certainly England came second over club yes. for so long. And it definitely did not gel, did it? No, it, and, it definitely didn't work. And now you look at each position and you've got two or three options pretty much for every single mm. position. I mean, the amount of players coming through because of the ability that Gareth has to look down the chain at the England and the younger players yeah. coming through. Looking at some of the players that were missing for those Euro qualifiers, just with injury alone, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Joe Gomez, Marcus Rashford, Jesse Lingard, Luke Shaw, John Stones. You've also got the additions of like James Ward-Prowse, James Madison coming in. It's so exciting to see those names, how many there are for each position. But I am going to give you one little thing that you can hold on to. Anyone who's thinking, oh, it's all rosy for England. I think there's one area of concern. And I think that is the lack of playing time for the English players in the Premier League in particular. It's getting worse year on year. Less than 30% of starters each week are English in the in the wow. Premier League. Mm. And that amounts to 58 players for Gareth Southgate to choose from. And if you compare over in France, they get 200 starters. Now, yeah. you, you use them as the example because, of course, they're World Cup champions and they have 200 starters per week across Europe's top five leagues. So it, it's very, very difficult. But you, the other caveat with that is that the league in France is rubbish. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks to England this week, you'll be delighted to know that I learned what a wet willy was. <laughs> Just because, of, yeah, Delhi Alley. Am I the only person who didn't know what a wet willy? Well, it just sounds so wrong, doesn't it? It does sound wrong. And so I read the headline and I was obviously intrigued. And I got to see <laughs> This Deli is what Alley. made you, this is clickbait working on Kate. <laughs> well, I, 
no idea. Have I? Have, have I? Well, really, I'll have a look, look at that. You have to be careful what you were typing in there well, as well. Yes, it pops up at work. If you Ooh. don't know, uh, it's where you. It's going to sound wrong when I explain it as well, isn't it? It's where you stick your finger in your mouth, you make it wet, and you stick it in someone's nose or ear, as Deli Ali did to Raheem Sterling on the plane on the way to Made me feel Montenegro. A bit ill actually watching that though. And also, did you notice that he didn't flinch? The wet willy didn't bother him at all. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. Just quickly, Hayley, I hear that Euro 2020 may be upsetting your wedding plans. Oh, well, it's just really stressful because you've got this tournament which takes over most of the summer and I'm trying to get married. I don't want to get married when it's too hot at the end of July or August. May's a little bit too soon towards the end of the season. Wait, like it's also in like a month's time. Yeah, just like I wanted a nice June wedding. So I was I'm like... sorry that you're going through all this turmoil. But what I will say is that I'm really, really grateful that you're, you're in football because as a football friend, I know you're not going to stitch me up. Yes. And I couldn't no. take any more this week. So please don't give me that you're going to have your wedding on the day of a final or something. You're not going to do that to Tell us. us what's happened to you this week then. <laughs> well, I've had what has been bordering on a serious domestic, <laughs> serious domestic over football. So anyone who knows that I'm a, a massive Wolves fan, I've watched Wolves a lot this season as well through through work mainly, which has been brilliant because they've been sending me their lots. And they have got through to the FA Cup semi-finals, which hasn't happened for Wolves for over 20 years. We haven't been at Wembley for a showpiece occasion for over 30 years. This is not something that happens in my lifetime. And of course, that's immediately I want to be at that match. So I was crossing everything that it wouldn't fall on the Sunday because my girlfriend, Natalie, she's got her family coming down. It's their wed- her parents' wedding anniversary. And she booked a very posh afternoon tea for the Sunday. And then I get the phone call earlier this week. Would you like a pair of tickets? Of course I do. Hell yes. Of course I do. So I rang in the car. The, the, the phone was promptly put down on me before I even said there's a chance I could have tickets at Wembley. And so I've been in the doghouse, majorly in the doghouse. And what I wonder about this, you know, we've talked for years and years on this podcast about being women in football. Mm. But how have men got away with this for so long? You know, I've spoken to all the guys who love football in my office at work about it. And they said, oh, my, my wife, my girlfriend would be really understanding about that. They know it doesn't happen very often. How does mine not know that this is like never going to happen probably for me again in my life? It's a one off. You know, I I felt like the accusations were that, you know, it could have been anything football I would put it first. But that's not true. No. 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 You know, it could have been a box at Molyneux. I'd have said no. It is a one off. I this mean, is it's a, FA a Cup one in two decades thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to get to the final, so you might as well uh, go to the semi-final. <laughs> oh. So tell us briefly how you've got yourself out well, of this situation, have you? Well, I have. So I, so I thought, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to cancel that, let the parents down, let Nat down. I've got to do something. So I thought, right, I'll cancel work on the Saturday. And we'll try and move the bookings if possible. If it couldn't have been possible, then I would have said, okay, you know, I'm going to have to try and think about this. (laughs) Probably still want to go to Wolves. (laughs) So I said, leave it to me. And so I rang up a very posh place, Grosvenor House Hotel. They speak lovely on the phone there. Um, and I rang them to say, can you save Hello, my relationship? Grosvenor House Hotel. Yeah, can I'd you? I'd like a book a table, please. <laughs> can you... That's my really bad impression of Can Lindsay. you save my relationship here by just letting me move this booking? Yes, of course. You know, tell me the name of the booking when it is. Yeah. one thirty in this name. No booking. <gasps> Pardon? 
there was no booking in the name, so she actually hadn't even oh, booked so the jammy. afternoon tea you're properly. You're so jammy. <laughs> this, is, this is Lindsay Hooper all over. But, so uh, I managed to move it to the Saturday. Um, and also And also the gloat that yeah. the, the fact that it yeah. wasn't even booked properly. But imagine you turned up on the Sunday having <gasps> missed the semi-final and you couldn't have your afternoon tea anyway. Well, that would have been a deal breaker the other way. I'd have yeah. been off to Wembley <gasps> yes. just to stand outside on purpose. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope it works out for you, Linz. It, it looks like it's good. It's me, over now. At the game and in your relationship. This is the Offside Rule from Muddy Knees Media. Let's move on to House Envy. How much are we loving Spurs' new stadium? Still doesn't have a name yet, but beers filled from the bottom up, stands bigger than the Vitality, bird's eye view, which makes it look like it's a loose seat. Don't know if that's an appeal. Well, but we're all we envying that. Oh, yes. I, that's oh, yes. exactly what I want. I'm, um, ha- I'm house hunting at the moment. And you're looking for something that looks like a toilet seat. Yeah. Great. So I'd like to know your favourite feature, please. Ooh. What are you lusting after? And can I say from the off, I don't get how the beer taps work. So you put a plastic pint glass mm-hmm. on a one of those metal beer server things and you put it on and it fills up. From the bottom. From but the bottom. It must have a gap in there at the bottom. So how but is it why not? Does it yes. leak out the bottom? It has a magnet. Oh. It has a magnet that suctions up from the bottom. You can actually pull forty-four pints a minute by using oh, this so method. That's, so, so it isn't it isn't just what, a it's not novelty. Us our amazing beer. No, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what more do you want? They've got an on-site bakery, a microbrewery, and have you seen the toilets? No. Oh my god! It's like walking into a five-star hotel. So, I mean, they are toilets that you would take a selfie in. Are these like good. expensive? Take something else. Toilets for expensive people. <laughs> These are... for a number two and a selfie and my day is made. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had to get dressed and pee in complete darkness the other week with a wet floor in this concrete, disgusting stadium when I was up in Scotland because I had to go and use the concourse and I had to use the phone, what? the light on my phone, just, oh, well, to, what, just what, to see. To be because, able to pull up your pants. Yeah, there were no, there were no <laughs> lights in the toilets, so... I'd just be excited about about this that I could go and <laughs> are these like pee flash, in luxury. Are these flash toilets for people who pay lots of money? Or no, are these, what? Just the regular. I think there's mirrors in there and everything, which there well aren't in a lot Spurs. of grounds. Yeah, well it's done. Dangerous. I mean, I've been locked in the loos at Crystal Palace, and I'm still not over it no. because they were disgusting and there was no way out. Lindsay, what do you like? The cheese room. Oh my god, I love that. The cheese room. If oh. I could have a cheese room yeah. in this new just house that I'm life. trying to find, yes, mm. I love cheese. Mm. I know we have lots of cheese and wine lovers that listen to the podcast. They'll, they'll understand. <laughs> I think you might be over-sophisticizing. Oh, that's not even a word. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, our audience. Um, and heated seats, because th- th- yes. that would just be oh, lovely uh, in the winter. I, I'm not a fan of heated seats. What? Um, what? My other half puts them on in the car because he thinks it's yes. great because I'm a cold person. I, it makes like me, a warm bum. No, it makes me feel like I've wet myself. I, oh. I just it, It's that feeling of warmth around your thighs and stuff. We wouldn't know what that feels like, but you've given birth oh, to two children. So, uh... Thank you. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what that exactly what that feels like. So you can source your own special halftime cheeses, right, Hoops, yes. through this, um, through and this cheese It room. is worth mentioning wow. as well that for the people that have got so much money that they don't know what to do with it, they can actually become part of this H club, can't they? Part of the new as in the Hotspurs Club. Yes, oh. and uh, I think it's about £15,000 to be a member of it. Well, that's ridiculous. But a couple of things that you get from that is you get to be part of the Tunnel Club. So other other stadiums have done this, but Spurs is the first one where 
you can actually look in and, and out. So it, it stopped players just in the tunnel. There's a, a glass uh, area where people can watch behind the scenes. So you get a little bit of an idea of what's going on before they wow. come out. And how many times have you seen a tunnel skirmish? I've seen yeah. one up close. Ryan Shawcross went to go and thump someone in the tunnel once when I was at Stoke. I saw that firsthand. They could see that firsthand. Oh gosh, so players are going to have to be behaved, aren't they then? No yeah. more pizza. Do we think this is going to help or hinder Spurs' form? And you may think I'm mad. Of course they're going to love playing in this new stadium. But actually, stats say that traditionally clubs struggle when they move stadium. Is it about the sight lines? Is it about the fact that it's quite intimidating, that it's new, that they are really just creatures of habit and they prefer to be really comfortable and used to their surroundings. In fact, if you look at Southampton, West Ham, Man City and Arsenal, who've all moved stadium, they've all struggled, apart from Arsenal, who I think finished the same league position after that first season in the new stadium. They've all really struggled. We know West Ham, you know, famously documented how many problems they've had at the London Stadium. But famously because also... It is such a different stadium experience at London Stadium yes. compared to their old stadium. So I think that for Spurs, it won't be as much of an issue because they have done everything in their power to make this. I mean, it's even on the same site. It's still when mm. uh, the old White Hart yes, Lane exactly. was. They've it done kind of everything. Hugs, hugs the old or hugged the old White Hart Lane, didn't it? Yeah, they've, they've kept it in keeping, mm. even to the degree where someone was telling me at work this week, Ian Irving, thank you very much for this fact. He told me about 10 times. I worked with him one day and he told me this fact about 10 times because he was telling other people. Is he going senile? Uh, no, he just he just was telling the same thing to everybody and I happened to be there for all of those occasions. But um, <laughs> apparently the old cockerel, Gaza fired a rifle at the old cockerel so it had two dents in it so they've oh, even recreated the two wow. dents oh. so I mean little finite details yes. the fact that you're so close to the pitch mm. I don't think it's going to affect them as much do you know what else they've done the floor and the concourse at the new stadium is flecked with crushed aggregates so little bits from the demolition of White Hart Lane, their former home, is now living oh, on in the nice. new one, which is nice as well. So, so they've kind of cremated got, White White Hart Lane, haven't yeah, they? And, and they've just laid, scattered the ashes that's exactly it. all over the stadium. But I mean, come on, it's so cool inside, isn't it? It's like something that you would see. Mm. It was like if you were filming Batman and you were in Gotham City mm. and you needed a stadium. It's dark, it's moody, it's uber cool. I'm... I really want to go. I've been to Wembley a couple of times to see Spurs because I don't live too far away. And they've had the transition of going from White Hart Lane to a grand stadium like Wembley, which was yes. never never home, but they made it feel like home. So it's not going to be as much of a dramatic step up to this stadium now because they've had the transition of Wembley, I feel. They're trying to recreate as well, aren't they, that Borussia Dortmund stand, aren't they? They've got 17,000 that can be sat there. So that's going to be so intimidating for people going there. Is that in one tier as well? Yeah, isn't just it? in yes. one tier. Yeah. Yeah. It's called the Yellow Wall. Their first competitive game there will be against Crystal Palace. Then they've got that Champions League quarterfinal tie against City. So that will be huge. They've got Huddersfield, Brighton, West Ham and Everton at home. So we think they're going to be okay, as in the same as they do at Wembley or better? Do we think they're going to be better in their new stadium? Or is it just about the opponent? Am I kind of reading too much into this? Maybe they're just sacrificing a little bit because does it matter too much if they do have a wobble. I know that top four is is definitely on the list for this season. I, I can't see them not finishing in the top four, to okay. be honest. But even if they did, for next season, to go in with a whole campaign, having already you know finished this season there, it will be 
to their favour, I mm. think. Well, this weekend they've got a Spurs Legends match against Inter Milan. That's ahead of that official unveiling against Crystal Palace. Robbie Keane, Darren Anderton playing for Spurs, Rafael van der Vaart, Berbatov. Jürgen Klinsmann's playing for both sides, by the way. So what? that's like the ultimate half and half kit, I think, <laughs> rather than half and half scarf. I'd like to know about legends from your respective clubs who you would love to see coming out of retirement. Someone who's going to be playing in this second test event, so this Legends game, Mm. actually, Robbie Keane. I I found it really, really difficult to pick someone given what the current Wolves side is looking like. You know, who do I slot in? And I would have ordinarily every day of the week gone for Steve Bull because he scored so many goals for Wolves I watched him growing up but he was a goal poacher and the way that Wolves are playing at the moment someone playing with off Jimenez it needs to be the right sort of player and I think Robbie Keane would offer that that element a, oh, a bit better a nice so, technical answer yeah. there from Lindsay Hooper Hayley McQueen if I'm going to go for a club Manchester United, Brian Robson, Captain Marvel. Love to see him play in the modern game. I think he'd fit in really well as well. And Janino from Middlesbrough, who was way ahead of his time. He was the first player I ever saw up close that was doing skills that I'd only ever seen on television or on VHS. I would have said YouTube, but that was way too long ago. And he was just so special to see up front. So to have Janino, who did go back to Middlesbrough, he had three spells at the borough, but I'd bring him back again just to see those silky skills. (laughs) Well, for me as a Liverpool fan, I'd go Russian Dalglish anytime because we, we need those nailed on goals. We need that wonderful strike partner. Just for, just for selfish reasons, I want to have seen them play together. This is the offside rule. OK, let's move on to crowding the market. Now, this links in nicely with our stadium chat because The Guardian's Susie Rack had a really good point in an article she wrote the other day saying, surely Spurs have missed a trick here by not hosting a mass-scale women's game in this testing phase for their new stadium. That's after the growth of the game, particularly abroad. We've heard some great attendance figures. Uh, Juventus women beat Fiorentina 1-0 in their first game at the Allianz Stadium in front of 39,000 fans in Turin, a record for a woman game in Italy, beating the previous record of 14,000. Tickets were free. We also saw Tony Duggan scoring for Barcelona against Atletico in their stadium in front of more than 60,000 people. That breaks the world record, by the way, for the highest attendance for a women's club football match. So, bit of an attendance battle going on in Spain. I know that that Barcelona Atletico attendance beat the previous one set by Bill Bauer. There were 48,000 supporters there. So there's a bit of a tussle going on and I really like this tussle. Let's try and get as many fans as we can into our stadium as possible. Manchester United has helped, hasn't it? Manchester United women coming on board because the, the figures of pretty much doubled attendance-wise, but we're not getting anywhere near those figures for, for domestic fixtures. So that's no. something that really is an area we need to address. So does the free tickets thing matter? And let's address this because this is perhaps something that our male counterparts wouldn't dare to get into. But have they effectively paid off the audience, you know, by giving away free tickets? Are these genuine football fans coming to see it? I don't think it it matters because they may become genuine football fans, especially if you're giving free tickets to, to kids, young girls, young boys who are a little bit, afraid to maybe go to a big Premier League stadium where it can be quite overwhelming, uh, big, it's noisy. You hear language that you sometimes wouldn't want your kids to be around. Even if you're in the family stand, there's no avoiding it. If you have really young kids, you can have a much calmer, relaxed day out. Mm. Your kids don't feel as intimidated. They're watching something that's a little bit more special because not everybody's there. It's not on TV. They've seen it you know, close up and they can have their own little idols and, and heroes in the game and then they grow with yeah. them. And if you 
you you bring your kids to football matches, no matter what age, no matter what game, what ground, what country, you'd like to think that they would stick with that team, have a little bit of loyalty and then grow with it. And one day they'll be paying hundreds of pounds to go yes. and see women's football. But actually you know? for the FA Cup, the women's FA Cup final, kids go free to that every single year. So when you buy a ticket as an adult, kids go free. And I encourage as many of my mum friends as possible to get involved in that because that's how a child enjoys that fantastic Wembley experience without it costing them anything. When you look at America, when you look at how the game has grown, I've broken down some stats there. So the average attendance in the States with the Portland Thorns, just one of the, the football teams out there, is 17 thousand. So I think England are using the United States as an example of how they can grow. So the NWSL attendance has grown since the inaugural season, which was 2013, per game average attendance of 6,000 in 2018. Not bad. That was a 41% increase over 4,200 in 2013. That's a growth rate of 7% a year. The total attendance of 650,000 altogether in 2018 was a 73% increase over 375,000 in 2013. So that's a growth rate of 11% a year. Mm. And that is going to continue getting stronger and stronger. So that's just what's happening in the States right now and proving that it works. Yeah. Well, we know brands work. And as Lindsay mentioned, Manchester United being in the Women's Championship are causing attendance figures to go up there. Let's listen to Casey Stoney. We spoke to her for the Offside Rule exclusives on that. I think the attendance figures will say it's working because Manchester United have come into the league and therefore the attendance figures have increased. But I think if you take Manchester United out, the attendance figures will be down. Well, I was at the Charlton United game at the weekend, ladies. Charlton are my local ladies team. 732 people watched that one. The women doing the burgers and the hot dogs were manic. They were absolutely flustered beyond belief because one of them said to me, we normally only get 150 down here and it's, it's gone mad today. They were, they, they were absolutely panicking. And I phoned up Sue, who's the club secretary, who's my new friend at Charlton Ladies, and said, just, just tell me how that audience figure sits with the rest of the season. And it topped it. So that's Charlton's best home attendance all season against Manchester United. Uh, slightly fewer people and not many fewer watched the game between the pair that got called off because Charlton didn't have enough oxygen and there was a bit of a hullabaloo about that uh, in terms of what they need to have medically to um, meet all the requirements by the FA if they are holding a game but yeah I thought that was brilliant of Charlton and what's great is that it was an international weekend and so therefore a great time to support your local team so when we've got internationals coming up I think the FA really need to push that through you know if you're if you're missing your football fix go along to your local side Mm. you know particularly you know, because the women play during these periods um, for the main part. There is no denying, though, that, that men's fixtures now, with the advent of Friday night football and Monday night football, it's getting more and more difficult to find a gap. And I do appreciate that they, they have got their, their hands tied a little bit. I do think there needs to be a regular point where everybody knows women's football is happening. Mm. And that still really hasn't been a consistent. So that maybe maybe a Thursday night, because yes, it would come up against Europa League at some point, but you'd think that that, that might be not as detrimental. I, I definitely agree. Getting regular fixtures out there for women is hugely important. And, you know, it is something that we all agree needs to be worked on. And whilst we're talking about the women's game, great news. Chelsea are through to the semi-finals of the Champions League. They're going to meet Holders Leon. Very exciting. That was after Wednesday night's game up against PSG. PSG won it 2-1, but Chelsea overall uh, won it 3-2 on aggregate. Chelsea manager... 
Emma Hayes. You have to rely on her for, you know, a great soundbite. At the end of the game, she said she enjoyed all the fiery atmos there, saying, I loved it. I was humming the songs as the game went on. Don't know what those songs were, Emma, but I'm glad that you were humming along. And another nugget from the women's game. Have you seen Beth Mead's Crot? Yay! Yes, <laughs> both of them. Yes. Um, this is a scoring style. Please explain it, Lindsay Hooper. Well, I guess for anyone who was dubious about the first effort, which was in the She Believes Cup back in February against Brazil, and that went quite viral, didn't it? Lots of lots of um, retweets of that. People would think, oh, Beth Mead, is that a cross-come shot from the flank? Hence, heading towards... Hence the crot, the cross-come yeah. shot. Yes, and always towards the, the back post. So it's a very clever technique because people are saying, oh, well, did she mean it? Is it a shot or is it a cross? But ultimately, if she can deliver a ball like that anyway, you've, you've always got the risk of the goalkeeper fumbling to try and get that and then a follow-up goal. So I think whatever her intention is, it's such a great area to deliver the ball to. So she did it again for Arsenal against Liverpool. And it was it was identical. identical. When you have a split screen <laughs> and you run... I think that's her way of saying, I meant to do that. Yeah. It's her okay. way of saying, yeah. I'm here. This is me, and this is my trademark shot. Oh, I'll do Crot. another one. I love when the women's football skills though go viral because they they almost they almost do better than great goals scored by the men because people are just they almost can't believe it, and I They're love shocked. that they can't believe it. They're like, I can't believe that's a girl. Like, well, hell yeah. Okay, any other business, ladies? Time to get it off your chest, Hayley McQueen. Well, I've got the old firm at the weekend. I'm doing Celtic up against Rangers, so that should be a good one. Always get a lot of stick when I cover Celtic playing anybody or Rangers playing anybody else. Cause... They don't hold back the Scottish fans, do oh, they? Oh, absolutely not, no. They're... But like personally as oh, well. Oh, like... yes, oh, yes. So uh, <laughs> you sound I think... like the Churchill dog. <laughs> oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them think I'm a Rangers fan. It's like, OK, fine, but I might have to let them know I'm You're not a Rangers fan, no, though, I'm, are you? I'm not. Not that I'm not. I, I love Scottish football. Yeah. I, I lived there, I grew up there until I was, what, 15, nearly 16 years old. So I understand the Scottish history. I understand the passion. Um, my dad did have a liking for Rangers when he was young, but he wasn't a massive Rangers fan. He was a St Mirren fan. And Coburnie Laidside is the club that my granddad supported. So I just kind of latch on to them. Yeah. We were Hayley, taken you can't have any games. more teams anyway. I know. You've already got Middlesbrough Mid- and Manchester United. And Real Madrid. You can't, and you can't have any more. But I'm allowed a Scottish team, but they just always assume that you have to support either Rangers or Celtic. It's like, well, what if I supported Livingston or St. Johnson yes. or Dundee or whatever it may be? So... I'm not there to have an opinion. I am there to get an opinion out of my guests, which I think I tried to do. I am just there as a mere presenter to segue between the stories and the links. And of course, what did that woman say in the cab the other day? Oh my <laughs> god! I got in. I got out of a taxi in Edinburgh. I couldn't believe it. The fact that she was a female taxi driver just made it even... I wanted to stop the car and say, it just let me out. But I, I ended up having a really good discussion with. Her. I got into a taxi. No word of a lie. Oh, what you up here for, hen? What you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, I'm just um, off to work on the football bar. She knew she was picking up someone from Sky Sports. I was like, is she having me on? I said, oh, well, I'm working on uh, on the game. It was it was a Hibs game. She said, all right. She went, are you the token bird that stands at the side of the pitch then? I said, oh, I don't stand at the side of the pitch now. She went, we have one of them in rugby. I went, all oh, right, OK. She went, she, and she said to me, so you're really into your football? And oh, I went, please. She went, you know about your football? I went, 
Yeah, about yep. as much as you know how to drive. <laughs> if we so, had a penny, yeah, but, you token bird, Hayley. Yeah, but I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be goals in this game. I hope it's going to be an entertaining game and enthralling. I don't want Celtic to completely dominate just purely because of the story. Celtic fans, of course, they want to go and win the treble treble. They want to win the league again. Of course they do. I get that. And it's not that I want them to lose because... I am a Rangers fan, mm. which I'm not. I just like to see a competitive game. Unlike a little bit further afield in Scotland where you have Fort William up against Keith. Just want to get a Epic mention game. in here because yeah. in the Highlands League, Keith beat Fort William 11-0. Wow. And the headlines absolutely would have been they are a one-man team because Keith scored five times for the side last week. Keith scored for <laughs> Keith. Yes. <laughs> I love this. I know. Keith scored for Keith. Yeah, he did. What is we it need to about try and Keith speak to lately? Keith? So I was on Fighting Talk quite mm. recently and I had to come up with the, the best sporting Keiths ever. <laughs> and I came up with Keith Curl, of course, with Wolves. <laughs> but what is it with Keiths lately? I, I can't escape it. Keiths are on fire. My little nugget, I actually forgot to mention this earlier, but it's disturbed me so much. I need to bring it into this podcast somehow. The Euro 2020 mascot, Skillsy. Oh, yeah. What the, what the hell is going on with that? <laughs> So it is an actual human body dressed in lycra with a foam head. Yes. So it's not a mascot. It's a man with a foam bit on his head. But it isn't just any old man, is it? It's going to be a skills freestyler. So that's the whole uh, point I, of skills. I, I can't even watch the skills because I'm too disturbed by the massive foam I think head. it looks a bit like Ronaldo, you it know. It looks very weird. It, 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 it's actually very disturbing. Well, it, it beats the Italian 90 stick man. Do you remember? It looked like it was made out of Lego and had a football for a head. <laughs> Ingenious. <laughs> Lindsay, yeah, anything else from you? Well, just to round off, because obviously we're back once a week. I, I, th- I feel like we have a duty to our regular listeners to yes. let them know what's going on because we've had exclusives every month. So what will happen is you will have a roundtable sort of discussion like this for three weeks and every fourth week we will have our exclusive chat with a big guest. So those are still still happening they will still be coming but in the meantime we'll we'll get to just have a little chitter chat and it might not necessarily just be the three of us we will have guests yes invited as well to our little club fraternity yeah yes oh yes this is like the tea club Mm. this show or should i say the wi anyway we would be delighted if you could join us every week don't forget you can listen to us on audio boom apple podcasts you can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app do rate us wherever you get your podcasts those reviews are really important to our survival we never have asked for these before how long have we been doing podcasts we we then go back to once a week we've joined muddy knees media seven years seven years and they said have you ever asked for a rate or a review no No, that's because we don't ask we're telling there's five stars you just click on the last star which will give us five stars you can tweet us at Offside Rule Pod. Tell us anything you'd like to cover on the show. Check out the feed for all things football, but maybe slightly different. There's some good pieces as well on there uh, and up on our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. Um, fresh and original content every week so you can extend the conversation. And we'll be back next week. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Podcast Network.